Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. Without further ado, it's really wonderful to bring back my spirit mother. She is um, really uh, somebody who is uh, learning every day uh, through her own not through any fault of her own to give herself space and to give herself permission to love herself because of uh, things that happened in past lives and also um, in how she was raised as a young girl, but she has uh, a lot to be proud of and a lot to look forward to in her life. And uh, I look to her for uh, guidance and most importantly, strength uh, during this time of uncertainty and uh it is really i'm very humbled to know her and to connect with her todd Groen, welcome back to the jake feinberg show wow jake thank you so much i'm so honored to be back again speaking with you about these deeper issues or deeper uh, reflections on humanness on yeah our right humanness. i mean it's on on humanity i you know i i i uh, had a three interviews to, uh, today um, and I reached out to you to see if you wanted to go earlier because I got this message from um, another uh, healer and teacher. She's very serious uh, person and carries a lot on her shoulders. And, I, you know, I'm not going to reveal who it is, but I, I wanted to read what she said and then um, – because maybe we'll get to this point as well, but uh, she was – we've done four – uh, interviews and she um, and we felt like it would be time to do a role reversal and uh, so she was going to interview me and uh, and so she wrote this morning to me she said uh, hi Jake I got some news last night that has been incredibly destabilizing life has been turned upside down I am not in a space where I can show up fully to interview you today I would appreciate if we could postpone indefinitely. And, you know, I, I not only do I send my, my healing and my, my, my prayer to, to her, but I, I also was, was going to write something back to her, like, uh, and then I just didn't write anything back because I was like, I don't want to tell her what she want, needs to hear, what she, I think she needs to hear. Um, clearly it's something monumental because she's pretty strong constitutionally. And I, and I just wonder if you can talk to people, uh, about it at a time in your life, uh, when, uh, things got turned upside down and how you recognize that, um, you know, you were strong enough, it tested you, but you, it's strong, you were strong enough constitutionally, uh, to realize that everything was going to be okay. <laughs> so in a, in a sense, you're um, wanting, wanting to assist all of those. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. No, feeling... because you know what I, I mean for, she's a private person. Who am I to say like, you know, uh, like what's going on or, you know, like that's the initial reaction. It's like, no, like, like, you know, if, she's not for the it must be just 
a titanic thing, and yet I know that that is happening everywhere all the time. Yes. And so you yes. are somebody who, um, as we all are continually down this path of learning as teachers and students, um, you know, I just feel like uh, you could be eloquent enough to talk about um, – how you've learned to hold it together in a destabilizing personal time. Uh, okay. So let's just go to the right now. And especially in the night, I think that the light somehow dissipates in the night yes. and there's a lot of anxiety at night for so many people. Wow. So the restlessness, the discontent starts from that place of, sleep you know we're supposed to rejuvenate and uh, be revitalized when we wake up obviously you know last minute she's uh, you know in the morning you're you're not set and the tone is already set from the evening right so my ritual and I suggest for everyone because the anxiety and the dark and the demonic forces right now on the planet are very um, reactionary, Huge, meaning so strong. You can feel dark against light right now. So how do we purify our human light to, to connect to divine, sacred, and God, basically, and source? Right. So for me, because it is so powerful right now, and, and uh, I need all my magic spells. <laughs> my magic spells come from when I was a child, and I was raised as a Baha'i, uh, in the Baha'i faith. I didn't know that. It's, Are you? Yeah. That's that's so beautiful. Yeah. Actually, that so, I mean, that is. I don't if it's you if it's if it's used the right way. I mean, that's the best. I mean, Dizzy Gillespie was a Baha'i. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Seals and Croft. Oh, uh, my favorite, Summer Breeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're Baha'is. Yeah. So I was raised Baha'i. <laughs> I love it. So uh, when in times of strife and struggle, uh, where do I go? I go to my prayers, my Baha'i prayers. And they're like mantras to me. So back to anxiety and stress and fear and worry. I mean, panic, you know, comes, sets in. So what do I do? I say my prayers over and over and over again. And I find myself waking up and before I can even go into the dark, negative panic, I'm, my, I'm trained myself just to, to repeat them, you know. Is there any remover of difficulties? Save God. Say praise be to God. He is God. All are his servants and all abide by his bidding. I say that over and over mm -hmm. again. Nothing can touch me. That is my sacred spell. I have a stronger spell than the demons. Okay? So I wake up beautifully, happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, let me, let me, but let's take it out of it where it's something that is not uh, personal, where, where it's not directly constitutionally affecting, where you have you have the ability to center yourself, but... I mean, we cross-checked last night. We had, you know, she, we had done four interviews and um, uh, a couple times before she had to cancel, and she was very apologetic about it. So um, last night she said, of course, and she was very much looking forward to it. So I guess what I'm talking about is something that is not in your control that directly affects you 
that turns your world upside down in that how do you talk a little bit about how you are able to pull and harness that strength when you even though you know at this point it's something that you cannot internally fix Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can only relate to maybe an accident. Are you speaking like if there was a tragic accident, somebody died? Clearly, uh, clearly this was a, she, you know, she's not vulnerable enough to, and, and I don't expect her to confide and specifically tell me, but something occurred that was traumatic and it could be a, uh, you know, a, something involving a, a, a parent, a, a death. It could be a, uh, a, a relationship dissolve something something jarring that you didn't that 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 you didn't see coming it blindsided you it, it, it can, it just, yeah, yeah. And that, huge huge tests huge tests um and just honoring honoring your time to take you know a set step back and and really um, do what she did, you know, she had to write, write that and say, Hey, I got to step back. I don't know when, when I'm going to come back in, That's right. but yeah, that's what it's for. Now who shattered, um, an arm, her arm can't, she hasn't been able to lay down for six weeks sitting upright, you know, those kinds of things. It's like, how do we, wrap our heads around the reasons why these hap these tragic situations. I mean, an arm is just a little, you know, compared to death, but they're all, they're all here for a reason. They're all a gift. And we've been exploring how, how the arm is a gift, you know, the broken arm is a gift, <laughs> how the accident is a gift, how, um, the, uh, another friend, uh, death of her, um, teenage son you know how do you wrap your head around these things mm -hmm. it's insane a death of a child you know it's what, just what I mean, can you can you personalize it in your in your like when you have been hurt and how you have and how that because it doesn't happen overnight i think that's the other part of it is like it's a long i mean she literally said i'd like to postpone indefinitely meaning like it's it doesn't you don't heal overnight. I mean, can you talk about a time when, you know, especially in your adult life, when you were hurt and, you know, how you, what it was and, 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 and you know, ultimately how you, because maybe for a while it was a reactionary thing. Like nobody knows what I'm going through and, and, you know, only I am experiencing this grief. And, you know, that just, these are some things that people go through. And I just, I think it's important. I feel like you've mastered some of this not mastered it. You've just gotten better at dealing with the ebbs and flows of the uh, of the uh, of the dark and the light. But can you talk about a? Sp I mean, you know, your friends. That's cool. But I, I, this is your interview. I'd like you to talk about your own personal experience. Um. Yeah. And and what keeps coming back to me is that uh, when we start processing stuff, like really processing stuff in the moment. I think that because I have been able to do that since I was a kid, uh, able to really feel deeply and kind of not let it overwhelm me, that those little releases 
of of trauma or those little releases of of tension or stagnation in the body ha didn't need to come to such a huge wake up call. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's almost like what I see is people living their life not honoring themselves, not being true to who they really are, and then all of a sudden there's a wake up. Exactly. All right. right. So I I totally think, dig that. That's just that's nature. Right. That that pinnacle of like stress building up until finally the tidal wave comes. Wow. I have been able to dissipate gradually those huge tidal waves that have could have occurred in my life. Does that make sense? So can you give an example? The crying that I that, that I shared last interview, how important it is to just be a crybaby. I've always been a crybaby. My aunt just, I, we talked about it just recently. I'm like, how, how much of a crybaby was I? She's like, you cried all the time. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, what, 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 let me ask you, what was the what was the tidal wave that you were able to, you know, sort of ride that wave instead of collapsing into it? Oh, uh, divorce, you know, divorce with two young kids, you know. It was a, it was a, um, like a, because you were maybe <clears throat> still in love with the person, or because it was codependent. Like, why was it, or was there un infidelity? Like, what was the tidal wave? Because I mean, I, you know, I went through a divorce, but it was probably been the most liberating thing that I've ever gone through. <laughs> right. Uh, but the, uh, the feeling of being alone, the feeling of like, what am I going to do? Right. How am I going to live my life? How am I going to be financially stable? This is overwhelming. Um, you know, not being stoic and thinking I could take it all on. Stoic. I like uh, that word. Why? You know why? I mean? Yeah. That is such a beautiful but being very word. vulnerable. Yeah. 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 Being very vulnerable and, and allowing the, those tears to come. Oh yeah. Just letting, because I worked with a lot of, um, um, women actually mm -hmm. who I'm like do you cry she's like no I rarely cry <laughs> you know what I mean but then when I'm working on the body I'm like there's so so many tears in this body come on let's just give me a little bit of tears give me a little bit of release you know what I mean that's what I'm talking about people are feel like they tears are bad that I can't let out my emotions that I can't feel sadness I have to be positive all the time I have to show my bright side um, when really truly the um, amount of emotional maturity comes from knowing the depths of despair and then moving to that other end you know of joy ecstasy beauty and, and wisdom of, of, of uh, you know, feeling like, yeah, I'm in the right place doing the right thing. And this is awesome. You got to have that the frequency. You know this from the music. It's just like there's a low, low notes. And then. Oh, my God. I mean, I start to have it just it's just so spot on. I mean, it can you talk about your evolution as a relating giving yourself permission to cry? You grew up in a you were stifled as a young girl. So, I mean, Maybe you were crying, but uh, because you were upset about things. But the ability to cry, to cleanse, and to submit or surrender is a different thing. And I mean, um, and not feel shame about it. Yeah. Uh, you know how how yeah. how did you learn to like give yourself permission to cry? 
Well, I just, I think I was just born that way, you know? <laughs> yeah, I but I mean, like, like, like when you're, when you started, I mean, like if you opened the fridge and your mom came in and hit you because you weren't supposed to do that, you were physically hurt and mortified. Right, right. I, let yeah. me, let me clarify. I wasn't, I wasn't hit. I wasn't beaten. I was more um, just verbal, you know, I did it, you know, at my, uh, yeah, because we don't want that out there. I wasn't. I don't mean, if, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, like, there's a difference between being like shamed and like, and like crying uh, because, because of that versus like just crying to, 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 and dropping all the the stoicness and the seriousness and the ability to carry all that. Like, when did you just learn? Was it, you know, how did you learn to give yourself permission to not be the stoic, happy face uh, person and actually turn into an authentic, uh, the, the authentic? When, 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 let's see. Um, when I began to feel more comfortable in my own skin, I guess there was actually a, little, a shift for sure. And with uh, experience, you know, and, and maybe with the planets, because there's something called a Saturn return. So at the age of 29, there's so many shifts that are, happen for people, you really? know, that, that 29 age. So I would say 29, finally deciding that I could do what I want to do for myself. And then, and then that's when the growth started to happen, you know? Yeah, it's experience. It takes experience. It takes time. Um two decades, almost three decades of living. I think that's for me what helped. Yeah. Um, can you talk about like, um, your, uh, path as it relates to, um, like, have you, a lot of people believe that the civilization started in, in the in Greece and Rome, but it, it actually started in the motherland of Africa, and I, I wonder if you have had the opportunity. A lot of people uh, that go deeply into the Vedic traditions or uh, yoga, uh, you know, they want to go back uh, to the source, uh, and so they go to India, uh, and they maybe uh, connect uh, with a group or a guru. And I, I just wonder if you feel like um in your own cultivation if you've if your desire to go to the origins of of source and and enlightenment and knowledge is that something that is on your bucket list or or is it something you've already done huh um well i i would love to travel but not for that reason you know not not to go to find the motherland or the source because i believe that the source is always here with you no matter what you know so i don't have to go to find it and that's interesting because that there's that whole uh eat love pray that was her whole story right sure she went, yeah and then she came home and said oh it's right here you know it's the wizard of oz too Go, go, go. Well, there's also a lot of people that that uh, that are, you know, high, deeply respected teachers who, um, you know, become disenchanted with with man's view of or woman's view of of the divine or source. And so they're looking for, um, you know, to go back uh, 
as close as possible, uh, and, and and that and that means being aligned with uh, a teacher of some sort, uh, a guru that that is a true guru that will meet you at the airport, um, that will um, work, that will that will help you confront your habitual nature and have you sit in it and um you know so i I just i mean you you don't can you honestly say that um that you i mean you you only would 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 travel for recreational purposes and not to um sort of trace the lineage i guess that's my overarching question is the lineage of your yogic practice How, how do you trace that back how far Yeah, I am so not interested in doing any of that. Um, If anything, uh, going back to Israel, I think Israel might be a more sacred place, you know, to go to India. I'm not sure. I mean, I I would love to experience it as my own sacred um, guru, as my own teacher, you know, witnessing and connecting and being um, of light and spreading that wherever I went, you know, that's what I would feel and, and see what the magnetic magic uh, attraction that I have would give awesome experiences for me and to me and with me, you know, but to go to have a guru sit there and wait for me at the Well, why is Israel uh, the place you believe that there might be a spiritual connection? Just because of, uh, that's a good question. I think that it's a hot spot on our planet. I mean, just even the political um, climate with Israel and then the Bible and Jesus Christ. And I'm just like, whoa, this place must be like, there's something here, you know, and then the the strife between, you know, I don't know. It just, there, it seems like, I don't know. It just feels to me more of a central hub of spirituality for our planet than India. Yeah, I didn't mean, I mean, I just, I wonder about, I mean, can you honestly say that, uh, can you talk about your actual practice of healing? I mean, is it yoga? Is it body work? What, what is it exactly? And where does it trace back to, uh, you know, in the, like what, what what are the i'm not a formula trip person i'm the last person to to the end of that but um you talk about like your healing the precepts of it where do they emanate from yeah uh the relaxation the being in the body the allowing of emotions the streaming of receptivity of higher non-physical entities coming to assist you being open to all of that and connecting to angels and your guides and when you're with another uh, being you know when I do my work with uh, Thai yoga therapy uh, I feel I feel there all of that that I just said for me that's them too and we come together and wow that's the healing does that make sense I, I actually can you can you tell talk to the audience about what Thai yoga therapy is? Ah, right, right. So the body 
oh gosh, the body, when we relax the body through acupressure, through breath, hands on. Um, so it's like the lazy man's yoga is what Thai <laughs> yoga therapy is. So I kind of like do the yoga for you, <laughs> with you, and it's interactive. Yeah. So that healing on a body on a body level and it's so interesting I did have this conversation with one of my clients and she reminded me that I am seeing spirituality connection to the divine through the eyes of a healer because I am a healer and to remember that that this perspective that I have is so different than your perspective and so it's hard for me to answer some of these questions broadly because it's it's um it's my perception you know as a healer as a body worker i feel healing from a deeper uh more material human uh experience you're a physical person i mean yeah, you know absolutely you know yeah. but why would why do people refer to it as Poor man's yoga. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I never really thought of it. I thought of uh, just now. I thought, well, maybe it's because it takes too much effort for uh, a full hour and a half yoga practice on your own, huh. and that to, and that just bring Ta in, and she'll manipulate the the limbs, and you know, it's, yeah. So it's lazy man meaning. I'm going to have Todd do it instead of me doing it for myself. But that's not really a good description. No, of what I don't it think is. so either. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, I just wonder if it. Uh, I mean, you, you can honestly say that, like, I mean, how did you get into Thai yoga therapy? I mean, I mean is it something that you. Is it, is it, you know, a lot of teachers of yoga have to take hours of training and then a lot of them discover the lack of authenticity within the guru culture like you've been talking about. So then, then they go and then they have to discover the lineage of, uh, of, the, uh, of the traditions and, the, and, the, and where the history came from. I mean, it, are you rooted in any kind of historical lineage? That's why I'm wondering, not that it's a bad thing because, you, you know, that's your, this is your purpose is physical body healing. But the idea is, um, are you, are you, is it, is it called the, was it, you said lazy man's yoga or poor man's yoga? I can't remember what you said. But it could be both. <laughs> the question is, you know, and is it essential, do you think, to, uh, I mean, what was it, what was, what was, what did you have to, what was the initiation for you in Thai yoga therapy? Ah, um, that might be a good transition. Uh, I mean, a good. No, I like how you're guiding. You're really driving this conversation. I like how you're driving yeah. this conversation. Yeah. Uh, this. Remember when you asked me where where was that pivotal moment, that transition moment sure. in in life? That this was it when mm. I realized that I needed yes, that I needed to go. Um, it was uh, a girlfriend and I. We went to Kauai and we uh, followed a teacher, Saul David Ray excellent amazing uh guru teacher yogi master right uh 10 day uh, thai yoga therapy so yeah that was a moment when 
Spirit just came in and just blew that serpent snake right from the root chakra out through my freaking palms. Oh, they were on fire. So that's when I knew and believed in the inner inner world. You know, I'm like, oh wow, there it was. So I guess that was that was my moment when I learned Thai. It was cool. So really cool. When you, um, what made him like you said you 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 were you know, you're not caught up in having, you know, learning from a guru. What what made him somebody that was able to allow you to to access that? It wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was the work. Like, the work. The But he was leading, work. I mean, he was leading the 10-day retreat. Right, but and, he and wasn't he, working on me. No, he, somebody but, else, but... Somebody else was working on me. Some uh, woman masseuse who wanted to learn Thai, she... Uh, hit the right spot on the hip and in the uh, in that moment all broke loose so you see how i see how it works see how my mind is always body it's your body will teach you it's no nothing outside of you you um, you, you you truly believe that that accessing of the root chakra would have occurred if you didn't go on the retreat ah uh, well, I mean, there is there is a mag a mystical, magical quality to it where you could say, why did you choose to go on that retreat? Why did you align yourself with that teacher? I'm saying that they just they don't make it happen, but it's the antecedents that allow that to occur. Maybe the that, environment. Yes. I mean, you would, the environment, if you're, yeah. you, you know, you would not have discovered the, the your hands were on fire because you were in the fire. You know, and I wonder what the antecedents were that allowed you to drop into a space so that when she did touch that part of your hip, it did cause that reaction. Yeah, good point. Thanks for all of that. Yeah, it was an environment. Definitely. And what, what can you describe what that environment was like? Beautiful house on a hill. Uh, ocean was one minute a walk away, beautiful pool, outdoor showers, gorgeous food, uh, nice sacred yoga room, mm -hmm. uh, big circle. We'd get into that that circle. Ah, this is such a good story. We'd get into that circle, you know, the and and move to the right. Always just talking from the right. You know, this person goes, this person goes, this next person talks, and and all of that. Well. Me at that time, what was it, 1999, yeah. I think. Uh, f so afraid, I couldn't speak. I was shy. I would say, "Pass me over," you know, "Go over me." <laughs> I can't talk. Very nervous. Um, so yeah, uh, it's from that point of opening that I grew into my my voice myself. You know. Can you talk about um, what, because you were going into that kind of in, inclusive, uh, a reclusive, or you didn't have your voice? What did, were you encouraged verbally by people to say, "No, we do want to hear"? It? Like, what was it that? that oh no, you they honor where, how, wherever you are, just like what you did this morning, and you honored where where that your um, friend yeah. was you know you just honor that you don't push you don't no you just let it, you know I honor you okay that's fine 
Well, I, did, I mean, in, in fairness, I did, I did send her a text and say, you know, if you can reach out to me, that would be great because to receive this kind of information on Messenger is a bit jarring. Uh, you know. Oh, that was you. Yeah. You, well, what do you think? How did that feel? Um, it felt a little bit like, you know, um, basically, honestly, I got to be honest, my intention is just to know that she is okay and not going to harm herself. Uh, when you, right. Well, well, maybe you could have said that. Yeah, I think. I, uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is I, I there through through and through. I just would like you to talk about. Uh, I love it. Yes. Good. Yeah. You know, like, do you feel. Yeah. So it's just an honoring, honoring, honoring. And then it's such a great lesson. It's such a great lesson for me to to remember that, to just honor uh, and not want to change anything outside of me. It's OK. Okay, it's all perfect. You be you, I'll be me. You know. I did. How no, no. hard is it? How hard is it to do that sometimes when you want something different, when you expected a different outcome, and you your ego just says, no, that that shit's wrong. You got to do what I said. Thought we were supposed to do. Absolutely. You know? No, and I, I, you know? I, I, I totally. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but I mean, I, I want to go back to this. This this circle. Obviously, they were honoring. If you didn't want to, you know, pass over me, I don't want to speak. Of course. But fundamentally, how, like, how, when was the, when you came off the retreat and, and you, you had this new um, Thai yoga therapy, I mean, can you talk about the first time that you used your voice in an authoritative way, not in a, in a demagogic way, but where you actually advocated for yourself? Because for so long you said you'd go into department stores with your kids and, you know, you couldn't even ask for basic stuff. It was just very hard for you because of your of the of your upbringing. I mean, can you talk about a definitive moment when you fat when you used your voice? Yes, the best way to do that is to actually stand in front of a, a class, a large class, and teach a large group. So that public speaking has helped me the most, actually. Yeah, absolutely. But you said that Being, after you said after the the rec the the 10-day retreat is that that's when you found your voice do you remember when you first used your voice uh private clients you know moving moving into uh being a teacher and and teaching what i know absolutely so gradually building on the skill as a teacher you know becoming the teacher that i want to be and so then, stepping it up just a little bit. Hold on, there's a plane. It's fine. Stepping it up a little more. I mean, if I could, if you want me to share that story. Oh, yeah. I yeah mean, why? Why? Why are we, why are we doing this? Stories this are is amazing. The, I mean, we're not. We're not. We don't deal in platitudes on this show. You know. No, no. His stories are awesome. So, when I was, uh, let's see, what year was it? About eight years ago, maybe. Uh, one, because my practice has always been intimate, very intimate with uh, one or two uh, clients, but I'm going, I'm going farther back now. My, my mind is even going farther back. Good. So I opened up a studio in La Jolla, and I had a small 400-square-foot studio called Shakti Yoga. So... 
that experience helped me claim my voice, you know? How? Helped me because I'm business, opening up a, a brick and mortar place, running that for five years, having my students come in. Uh, uh, we could fit, what, six or seven in there comfortably mm -hmm. and running my classes like that. So it's always been intimate because that's small. And then the story that, that I want to share is that shut down because the landlord, he raised, raised the rent. La Jolla, you know, in San Diego, California, La Jolla rents went at yeah, that I time. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. Just, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. And, and he was selling the building. And there you go. I was out. And, he, and I actually, he was actually my client, private client. So I got a special deal, but all of a sudden he's selling the building, and now I have to make a decision. So I shut it down. Shut it down and just decided to go to my clients' homes, which was awesome because I have many uh, La Jolla clients or, you know, a handful at the time, and I would just go to their homes and, and teach the customized private sessions that I love doing, right? This is so, so understand that I'm one-on-one. -on -one. I look at you, I know you, I know your body, uh, all of that uh, connection that, you know, is validation actually for the ego. It's like, oh, wow, they like me, they know me, they like what I do. Okay, so now, studio shut, and one of the local teachers from another uh, studio, uh, really amazing man, um, Gerhard Gessner, one of my teachers, opened up a studio. But interestingly enough, one of his um, students left and opened up a huge space called La Jolla Yoga Center. So I was invited to teach at that center. She handpicked maybe 10 or 12 teachers. I was feeling incredibly honored to be one of the teachers that she wanted, wanted to be there, right? Uh, so huge space this space could fill 50 50 people and so that's when i got scared isn't this crazy isn't this wild i totally got scared and i'm like i don't know well it's, 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 it's going back to the original uh it, it, it this sounds like a, a destabilizing or uh life turned upside you know you were being pushed out of your comfort zone yeah, but who would think that that's a big deal? Oh, I think it's a. Uh, well, I mean, believe me, if you don't, you, you don't know, especially when you're starting out. I mean, it takes a while to find your voice in a way that is going to have an impact on the people. So, I mean, of course, yeah. it's. I mean, of course, you're petrified. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. So, yeah, it's based on the the upbringing of not being able to really uh, hone my voice from a young age. It's, it's taken, you know, the age of 30 to finally find my voice. So, yes, you are absolutely right. I, I uh, support myself and honor that journey of, of me uh, being uh, fully full of stage fright, so much so that I... I would barely talk, right? And so the original question was... Well, you were about to drop a story about finding your voice. So what happened the first class when you had 50 people staring at you, expecting you to be uh, the shaman healer? Right. They don't show up. 
they don't show up. Interesting. So all that fear was for nothing because my classes were, you know, uh, gradually, oh, yeah, the universe is amazing, <laughs> so amazing, because in reality, and so I wasn't comfortable teaching huge classes, so I got my intimacy, I got my five students, seven students, ten students, it was awesome, so, but, but, but now, uh, I could, and, and there's been experiences where there's been more people, and I'm like, oh, wow, all that, all that training, you know, has, has allowed me to incredibly uh, settle into to my voice in a natural way. Beautiful. So I, get, I think that's, that's, what, now, see, I there think you that's go. what I was trying now to say. You are, now you're flowing. That's it. That's yeah. you. Yeah. It built up. <clears throat> see, a lot of people, uh, you were relieved because of the angst you had trying to speak in front of 50 people that never showed up. Some yeah. people would, would have an ego death because they were so excited about sharing all this knowledge and they, and they were all self-important because they had all these people coming to class and then nobody showed up. So you, you were actually relieved and then fell into a more natural, organic growth pattern where you started yeah. with 5, 7, 10. And now, right. you know, and... So again, you continue to reveal more information here, which is just phenomenal. Uh, you say you had another, you, you taught Shakti yoga, which is not Thai yoga therapy. Uh, and so when did you, I mean, the, the, what gave you, did you take a teacher training in yoga or you just were <laughs> um, Ta growing yoga? Like, I mean, how did you... And, and, and you talked about having this phenomenal teacher. So, again, these, we, you you know, there you don't aspire, you don't look up to deities, you don't worship people, but it is obvious that you've had people. I'm, I'm looking to know what was inspiring about this teacher and, you know, where, and, and, then, and then how, what kind of experience you had in order to even begin to think about opening a yoga studio because you weren't, that wasn't body work. Right, right, right. So it was first I did that, and then I did body work. So uh, let's see. So 30 years ago, uh, I started practicing with Gerhard Gessner, yes, and Prana That's Yoga. That's and it. he didn't have a studio, actually. He just worked out of gyms and his home. <laughs> right. So at that time, what, in the what what years is this what year like, right, we're, going, yeah, we're, yeah, we're 30 years but that would put it in 1990 yeah. in that area oh my gosh yes so um all right i lost my train of thought so gerhardt and i uh, would practice and then i would sub his classes occasionally and he was the main yoga in town we all knew monday wednesday friday 5 30 Right. You know, we would all, and the community was so different back then. We would all just like be with each other and, uh, ex yeah, just practice together. Can I ask you a question so before you go incredible. on? I want to ask you, you, you were in it, all in it together. Uh, uh, it was a communal thing. You said it was very different. Do you feel like today it's more about getting a leg up on somebody, trying to politic? I mean, how is it, how is it different, do you think? Yeah, there was no yoga alliance. There was no yoga teacher trainings. That is, Interesting. So, so that's that's where it I wasn't was a merit based. It, it wasn't merit. It was right, it was just right. a flow. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Right, because you had asked the question: Do you have any I yoga love it. teacher training? I love it. Yeah. 
no, of course not. I, there was none of that back then. And I thought, oh, this is crazy. How are they going to regulate this? this? I'm not even going to be a part of this. And at that time, I was just taking workshops with different teachers. Roger Cole, Jiva Mukti Yoga with Sharon Gannon and her husband David and, you know, Eric Schiffman and all these top teachers. Um, Listen to you. You've been ensconced yeah. with teachers. This is Yes, of course. But they're all, you know, like me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just people. Exactly. I did. I did. There, there's no, there's no, yeah, I, there, exactly. There's no pomp, pomp pompacity or yeah, arrogant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get yeah. It. So amazing teachers. And so, uh, you take, you take what you like and, and you use it as your own. So I have done that. And at the time opened up the space before Gerhard even opened up his studio in La Jolla. So Shakti Yoga, that 400 square foot space, put my shingle out put my sign up you know i need pictures i need to see pictures yeah. of, of that that's so <laughs> beautiful so you were i mean you were really pushing uh to i mean you were tapping into your spirit and also an entrepreneurial venture that's all very um that's that's an insecure path and and you know uh and i guess what i'm hearing is that um kind of even though that the, the cat raised the rent and you had a piece out of there, you know, you, uh, it was sort of one of those, if you build it, they will come kind of, th I mean, yeah, the, the cats yeah. found you, right? Yeah. Yeah. My classes were just how I wanted them. You know, the seven people, no more than 10 people. It was great. Yeah. Really, really nice time. And then I worked at a health food store for five, five years too before that. So I've always been in this healthy, natural, feel-good place. And then, if, we were, if we're going in the history of, like, Ta's career, so we had the studio, went to La Jolla Yoga Center, taught there, and again, interesting, Jeannie wanted me to uh, teach, co-teach with her at some events. And again, I said, no, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I'm, I'm here with my baby because I had just had, had Jaden. He was, he was tiny, you know, breastfed him for three and a half years. She wanted me to come and do some events. And I said, no, I'd rather be here with my baby. And so I, I waited, you know. And then she shut it down. And then I went to a place called Trilogy Sanctuary, a beautiful uh, space. And that's where I had two teacher trainings. So I created a, uh, finally got on board the, Oh, this is fascinating. So since I am not <laughs> Yoga Alliance certified. I know you're so, you're so rogue yoga, you know, I love it. Yeah, I'm so rogue yoga. So I am not Yoga Alliance certified. I do not have a 200-hour, oh, now I do because I gave it to myself, you know, hello. But at the time, I uh, registered for a school on Yoga Alliance, and uh I couldn't put myself down as a lead teacher because I didn't have a 200-hour. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just insane, our way that we think we could um, monetize because it's just about money. Well, you know, let, you me ask you, let me ask you, that's a really interesting point I, I, because I, 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 I also feel like you are such a, when you found your voice, you recognize that you were, 
um, going to live life by the rules that you wanted to live by and not the rules that society said you should live by. So, I mean, is it more uh, kind of a predilection of the fact that you are never going to follow the rules? It's not really all about money. I mean, for a lot of these people, they honestly want to, you know, know what the heck they're doing. And you have a, let's just say, spiritual alignment and maybe a a self-confidence to throw yourself into something, learn on the job, get better at it, and then just because of your, you know, the stuff you've been gifted, you can do it. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm not saying you have to conform, but I mean, have you always, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily look at the 200 hour thing as um, pure monetization. I, I, that's, I, I feel like you, you just, you sort of had a hard time with, uh, you know, following the formula path. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably correct. I'm a little harsh with that because. And it's also, right. I mean, it also speaks to like, I mean, you are like fiercely independent woman, like, you know, you like your own space and, you know, you really don't want any, any codependent, you don't want to have to be, you don't want to be reliant on anybody. You've learned this all very the hard way and you have all this life experience. So your aura is so strong, but, um, you know, you are off the grid, you know, you have to. And I think that, you know, sometimes, and I know this just from being a rogue journalist, that, you know, sometimes it's cool to get accolades from mainstream publications or people, but they just look at Jake Feinberg and say, he is such a maverick, he's, you can't trust him, you don't know where he's, he's off the grid, he's, on, he's on, you know, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but sometimes you do want that acceptance and you want that acknowledgement, but because of the way we're wired, we wind up just really being taking a fiercely independent path. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Beautiful. Absolutely. Well said. Yes. Well said. Can you talk uh, about, I mean, I, I, so many things are coming into my head cause you're filling in all the blanks now. I just wanted you to talk a little bit about, um, how you balance, you know, I, you mentioned to me that, um, you know, you're not into um, vaccination. Uh, you, you know, you, you're, you're not somebody who wants to be told what to do. You don't want to have to wear a mask. Uh, and, and I just wonder how you, st- I don't like that either. And I don't need, um, I don't get a flu shot. My brother just got a flu shot and then he was like in bed with the flu for two days. It's weird. Wow. Like, I yeah. don't, you know, and like, I just constitutionally, am, I want to fight off everything naturally, and and I yes. I'm strong enough to do that, and so right. and and so knock on wood. But um, the question is, <clears throat> for you being a sentient being with a beautiful heart, um, how do you not veer? How do you not get frustrated by um, the sort of? I mean, there is an argument to be made that there are um, incredibly restrictive things, especially as it relates to, like you talked about. I mean, we just talked about six or seven people in Shakti Yoga, and then all of a sudden you're 
uh, you slowly build up to 50 people. You can have 50 people in an indoor space right now. Many sure, hope, yeah, you know, yeah, everything's and I, tra- and I, transformed. And I believe that a, transformed. I, I believe you're you're thrashing around in that. I, I I know that you are a fiery person. So, you know, how are you uh, balancing the your inner um, inner nature of, and 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 strength of not wanting to be overly precautious and and uh and and walk around on eggshells i i don't really know what the right answer is because people are just for lack of a better word they're just horny to to be with other people like they're 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 lonely they're they're it's near the holidays i mean people could be doing the most innocent things and they're still going to be around other people and we're heading into this vortex at least the numbers are incredibly demoralizing and i don't believe you're a science denier so i I just wonder how you are dealing with that because um, I believe it, and not just you, it's infringing on many healers' ability to provide healing. Ooh, layered question. Where did you want to go with well, this? Well, you could know that's the, the. See, I thought you would have learned this by now. You go where you want to go with the. You don't need to read. I asked the question yeah. just go where you want to go. Yeah, it's kind of on the same theme as last time where our inner world and our intuition and if your gut's telling you something's wrong, it's wrong. You know, our masks, do masks feel right to you? No, they don't. Why is everybody wearing them? To comply because they want to be polite, you know. So am I a polite person? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes not, you know. We went to the zoo yesterday. Yeah. Maybe um, one or, yeah, because of the fear of media right now, amping everything up, the masks were all on. But three weeks ago when we went, the most, a lot, you know, one out of ten were maskless. But this time, the fear is strong. It's the agenda. It is the fear agenda that is being pushed right now and i'm sorry fear reduces our immune system and that is the point that is a really interesting point i just wonder i mean are you you're in california still yeah it's so i mean on fire here yeah yeah and and so i mean um are you like completely free and like getting dirty looks for not wearing a mask or you yeah yeah i let Jaden walk into um you know i have a 10 year old who doesn't eat very well like i do and i allow him to kind of do what he wants with that so we have subway so we're going i'm not proud of it but no it's fine subway's great yeah Yeah, you're doing yeah subway sandwich so and he's got this favorite sandwich that he gets we walk in there and we had done that once before with a different clerk or and uh, it was fine, but this time we went in and shh, whoa, insane, you know. Uh, I'm, does he have a mask? No, he doesn't have a mask. Well, we can't serve you unless he has a mask. I'm like, oh, okay. And so he went out and I stayed in. But I think more people need to be doing this, you know, not just random. I mean, because then it was so quiet. They're like, whoa, gosh, you know, that didn't feel good telling somebody had to cover their face. Right. Why? You know? Right. And you felt the dampness and you felt the, the frequency just drop, you know? Absolutely. So, but, no, but I mean, I just want to be clear about something, Tavi, because I mean, 
you you do believe it is is not a this is not a hoax. You don't. Be, I mean, I understand the point about the immune system. That is incredibly important point. Uh, but I mean, I my friend was as healthy as anybody, and he he succumbed, He died two days before we shut down the country, and um, uh, and then his ex wife cremated him before. Uh, we ever got the results, but it, oh, I'm so sorry. That is that's. Awful. He was a spirit brother. Yeah, he was a. It's awful. I mean, and it's and so, I'm. I stay humble with it, and I wonder, like, um, you know, there is this fine line between being politically correct or, um, uh, we've crossed the line. We have crossed maybe, the line. Yeah. So, I mean, what's... We have absolutely crossed the line. I am so adamant about this. This is not okay. We cannot do this to people. This is doing more damage than good. Suicide, drugs, uh, people dying of heart attacks because they can't fucking breathe through their mask, um, uh, pneumonia, bronchitis. It is insane. No, I don't agree. Okay, not so worse you... Not the virus. So, okay, so... Um... It's got to stop. Have you had anybody affected by the virus? No, not not anybody directly. But I've heard many stories. My clients uh, just recently shared uh, how her her friend had to go into the hospital. And I know I, I believe that there is still there is a virus out there. But I also believe that 99.9% of the people are not going to get it. And when they get it, it is very very mild. And it has mutated to many different strains. You know, uh, it's not that crazy death-defying thing that we had seven, eight months ago. You know, it's changed. It's different. How That's you, what viruses do. They so, mutate. You know, because change. you're, no, you're, uh, the, 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 the funk that, that's going on in your neck of the woods is different than where I am. I agree with you. Uh, it, uh, it's mutate. You make a lot of good points. You're so so fiercely. Um, uh, it, how can you um, affect hearts and minds? And you know you don't have an agenda, but without be sounding care, uh, callous, callous, or because I think that that is your you're a fiery. I mean, you're such a like. You know, you don't. You, you're not a callous person, but you're also a fearless person. So how can you um, assuage people who don't? Who... You can't. It goes back to that circle. It goes back to that circle. Me sitting there. I'm not ready. I can't talk. I'm not. I don't get it. I'm, I'm not here. I'm not in the same place. You honor that. And when you're asked, maybe you share. So thanks for asking. <laughs> Um, do you have anything in your, I, I, I've been wanting to ask you this question for some time is that, uh, do you still, would you like to have any more children? Oh, I'm too old, but sure. I, I, I mean, I, I mean that, yeah. that I be, I see, but I, I feel like that's part of our generation. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm a Gen Xer. You're not a boom. You're a Gen Xer, right? You're not a boomer, right? You're not a baby. Uh, what is, I don't know. What? Uh, yeah, I don't mean that you. Uh, yeah, I would, what is it? I mean, what I, you're putting it? me on the spot. I got to look. I, I, boomers, I think sixty ended in the mid sixties, late sixties. Uh, you're okay. right on the cusp. But I mean, I see a lot of 
women now having babies in their 50s. Oh, no. No, I could not. No. That's too much. Yeah. So if I was younger, yes. But, um, I mean, you, you can you you talk about the the joy? I mean, I think that, that, but but hold on one second. I am, I am, I'm going to have another baby, (laughs) but it's not through my own womb. It's through my daughter's womb. You know what I mean? Hello. (laughs) Hello. I get to have a baby. Well, you'd be a grand. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you're saying. April, April, um, we have a grandbaby coming into a little boy. So, yes. So you're going to be a grandma for the first time? Yes. Yes. Ta, I am so happy. That is so beautiful. Thank you. It is. It is so, so beautiful. I am so excited. Do you, do you, can you talk about, um, how, I mean, a lot of women, I think I read stories about women, you know, they, they really have a hard time, uh, conceiving and, you know, I just wonder, you know, if, if, if you have, if your heart goes out to them, uh, because you just know, I mean, you know, the gift of, of, of childbirth and you, and you're obviously you've been able to, um, procreate, um, several times and it's a very beautiful thing. And I just wonder, similar to the virus, uh, where you have people who don't have a voice. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of them are missing out or, 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 or I see women nowadays, like they're removing their, what, what the, uh, I forget what the medical term is. They're getting they're, They get their uterus taken out. And they hysterectomy. Yes, and it's like what? Like, I, I, I'm not. I'm a man. I don't understand. I can't understand. I'm not going to pretend to try to figure that out. But why? Why would you deprive yourself of that opportunity? Uh, you can riff on that any way you want. So medical intervention is kind of what's uh, what you were just talking about with the hysterectomy, right? Like, you know, because right. there's so many problems through menopause, hormonal. You know, they're like, I'm going to solve it all. My doctor says this will solve it all. I'm going to just take away all, everything, and I'll be fine. <laughs> and so that's just our uh, horrific, horrific. Again, that's uh, that's intervention to, for yes. for the natural process, right? I mean, yes, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And so no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not for any of that. And so I'm so grateful that uh, my daughter has decided to use a birthing center here in um, San Diego. So that's wonderful news. Cause, because I shared with you, I had all three babies at home. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just want to be clear. They were uh, spread apart by 20 years or so? Right. The first two, the girls were two years apart. And then 20 years later, I had Jaden. Yes. 10. He's 10 now. And just for the record, I mean, you say you're too old, but like physiologically, could you still have? No, no, I, no, I couldn't. You couldn't. And, and is that just something no. that's a, that, how, how does it, because you didn't have any medical intervention. So that just right. at a certain point, like all of a sudden yeah. it's like, because, oh, you're cracking me up, yes. Well, dear. because I'm curious. Yes, I just dear. saw this. this yes, this... dear. It just goes away. <laughs> it just goes away. Yes. That's kind of a shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you, like, like how? I want, I want to ask you a question. It's natural. It's natural. no. I did. I, you are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's very, really important for me to be talking to you. The you're um, so d- just what allow. I, I, this is the other thing I want you. to 
before we wrap up set two here, I, I just want to ask you about, for me, uh, things have fundamentally taken on a, uh, when I started my show, um, I was interviewing primarily musicians <coughs> and uh, my way of taking in music for so long was like the thing that I would, you know, my friends were doing on a Friday night and I'd go to some theater and, you know, maybe eat some psychedelics or whatever, but essentially just kind of allow, like be receptive to the music, but not be an active participant in what I call letting the body dance. And now when I go to communal spiritual music, of course I haven't gone since the virus and the lockdowns because there is no touring circuit right now. Um, it is the most liberating healing. I'm not there for a social engagement. I'm there to create content and I'm also there to let the body dance. And I look at you and I'm like, I, I want to dance with you. And so can you talk about how you've learned to let the body dance over time? Have you always, cause rhythm is healing and, uh, and it's also, uh, there's, there's a spiritual discharge that goes into it. And, um, I wonder about if you've how you've learned to let the body dance. Oh my gosh, I love that. Dancing's been so easy and graceful for me um, to do it my own way, right? Of course, of not, course. Yeah, not not to do it in a choreographed uh, right. specific right, right, that right, doesn't right, work. Right, that, that, right. Some some people are so good at that, and uh, that stuff's not, not such me. a drag, man. You know. Oh my gosh, I can't do any of that. Step step two three thing I just like get so confused so dancing my own way ecstatic dance and uh, I've given a couple workshops with uh, guest teachers doing that so I maybe I should pull out some of that video please post are it. you It'd kidding me so much fun yeah that'd be so much fun to pull out that video but since that is so easy my mind goes to like well what would be the next level of uh, surrender and dance and it would be voice you know to be able to so surrender into voice and not feel inhibited that's my um, uh, hot spot to I love to that you expand. just that's yeah. so beautiful well do you want to do you want to rap with a little mantra and so you can you no can... no 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 See, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> I gotta go practice huh. my voice. So, all those yoga teachers who are so amazing with their chanting. And we're not voices. comparing. There's no compare. Yeah. You, you, uh, you're you're way beyond. Ego. See, I have ego. I'm not normal. Uh, yeah, I'm I can so feel. Normal. I feel it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, I'm so normal. So, but when you get out of your own way, then your voice is gonna blow. Gonna yeah, freak yeah. people. So, I would love to really hone that skill. That would be awesome. Um, to be able to create that. And so in the teacher training, I had Steve Gold, who's an amazing uh, teacher uh, for um, chanting and mantra and vibration and frequency of voice. Right. So he gave us a gorgeous workshop where I touched a little bit on that. And he um, he had called me out and had me, had me, you know, put the camera on me and had me do a little something something so more of that more of that voice uh activation that would be amazing well but also so i would like, like i would like to uh, you know say that you know we could also put some conga drums in front of you and just let you start to musical instrument uh, mu the vibration of of the pulse the reason i love the the reason live music and i'm not talking about 
I mean, there's certain types of music I'm talking about, but like you go in the front of the stage in front of the speaker stack. So you're feeling the natural sound of on the bandstand and you're being pulverized by unconditional vibrational love. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is the most oh, yeah. incredible feeling. And then, so yeah, I mean, voice and or, uh, you know, playing drums. I don't know if you play instruments or not, but that, that, that it's just sort of, um, it's the continued liberation of Todd Groen, you know? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's all we're that's trying to do. a great, great direction. I uh, celebrate that. And if it starts magnetically, magically coming yes. into my realm, then sure, I'll embrace it. Absolutely. Well, um, what, you do you want to do set three sometime soon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, Good. sure. Good. Sure. You, uh, you always... Uh, um, I don't know. It's important to um, get your perspective. Um, it's off the grid. It is nonconformist. It's not linear. Um, and sometimes it leads to, uh, you know, wine or candy, but it's fine. You are, um, you have found your purpose in life, Ta, and, uh, and you know you still have a lot of room to grow, and, you know, I want to help you do that. So it's, uh, I'm very humbled to know you. Oh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. I really enjoy this. Yeah. This is wonderful. We'll do it again. Okay. Right. Thank you so much. Later. Jake. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. That's it for the Jake Feinberg Show. Sending healing vibes to Susan Barnes today, a dear friend. All is well. It's the Jake Feinberg Show. We'll see you later.